0: I have to tell you about this book hi hello hi hello so my friend Jackie let me borrow this book and it's called good morning monster have you heard of this Mm -mm. it's a woman who worked as a therapist for decades who wrote down her five most interesting and like influential on herself patients And obviously, like, change names and details and whatnot to obscure who they are. But it's literally just, like, these five people's stories of crazy lives and trauma and how they overcame them through years of therapy. It is fascinating.
1: Wow. No, I have not heard of that. And I want to read that.
0: It's so good. I've almost finished it in a day because I just, like, I cannot put it down. I keep having to like go do things and I'm like, Ugh, fine, not this, not this. I love doing this. Yeah. I realize how safe. that sounds. Good Save. <laughs> I realize how this. I meant like going to the bank and you know going I to, to the go gym. No, to make a thing that you like. <laughs> this is not that thing. <laughs> errands were that thing. <laughs> going to the gym was that thing. This is a delightful thing where I get to talk about the book.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Oh God! Can we start over again? Hi. <laughs> um. Hi. How are
1: you? How have you been? How's
0: hi. Been? I'm good. My life has been pretty all right. I'm like t- stepping back into the world of having multiple jobs. Yeah. And it's it's in. I'm in the calm before the storm right now. So like I can see. I keep getting the scheduling emails, and I see it all lining up and so like right now I don't have very much going on yeah but I know that in a month I'm gonna be a lunatic because I'm gonna be back to like four gigs
1: nice because
0: this is what I do to myself Um, at least
1: you're not also planning a wedding
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had the briefest moment of relief and I was like, "You're right." And then it occurred to me what a sadistic joke that was. And I was like, "Oh no!" But I was being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, at least yeah, I'm planning a wedding. Oh my god! What have I done? Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm actually it's like fine. I'm I'm very very blessed and lucky to have multiple gigs, and to be working and to have multiple jobs again. Um so it is it is good i am almost back to being a working actor um so that's really cool it's really really cool we love to see it we love to see it and it feels really good and it feels yeah it's really really nice um but to go from being unemployed for over a year to bartending not that to everything all at once yeah. um, it's been a uh, it's been a, a transition and I I realize now that I'm only in the beginning of the transition I'm like looking ahead to the to the real transition and I'm nervous about it but I'm trying to plan as much as possible in the now so that I can I'm on top of it and I'm not playing catch up later you know what I mean
1: I do I think that makes sense sounds like a good game plan.
0: And I should hopefully have a new therapist this month. And so that oh. will help with all of the things. That's great. Um, and that's my whole life. How are you? How is that tiny cat? <laughs> She's good. I caught her.
1: <laughs> She's not thrilled. <laughs> She's not super excited about it. Yep, there she goes. Goodbye. Bye. Um, I'm good. I got my answer for my head which do you want is to talk diagnosis? Is,
0: do you want to chat diagnosis? I do. A
1: scooch. A scooch. I don't want to make it go for like a super long time. Like I don't want this to become an episode about like Ugh. but
0: we um, often have episodes like that.
1: That's true, I guess. Um yeah, What oh, Do people want to know. Thursday last Thursday I um, was officially diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So um, I, it's funny because I talk about RuPaul's Drag Race so much on here, and one of the queens in the season that I just started has it. And is like, really super, like, talkative about it. And it's just well, like, yeah. yeah, this is why like, I can't be, like, you know, I can't do certain things because my joints just move around. Um, so, yeah, it's a connective tissue thing that describes uh, describes and explains basically like every single bizarre thing that has ever occurred in my body. Um and I like kind of jokingly made a comment to my doctor of like, oh, does this is this connected to my migraine at all? And she was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> so uh, apparently it's like extremely common for people with EDS to have chronic migraines. Um And yeah, it's kind of it's it's kind of huge because it makes me not feel uh, crazy or like a hypochondriac when I'm like going into my doctors with like a laundry list of like my knee hurts and my shoulder hurts and also this and also that Um, because it's just one thing. (laughs) So that's pretty great. Uh, I mean, it's it's not stellar because it's not anything that can be fixed really um and has the potential to get worse it's not like degenerative um but more just like wear and tear on your joints is basically like sped up so um that part is a little spooky but i don't have the spooky kind of eds so that's great that is good um and, yeah, it's just so great to, like, have an answer and to have an entire doctor's office of women, which, like, nothing against dude doctors, but in my experience with this particular thing, they have not been helpful right. literally once. <laughs> like, not once. Um, so having, like, an entire doctor's office full of women and my doctor has chronic migraines and e d s so it, it it feels very much like i'm being listened to I mean like she is just the best like she was just telling me that basically like I guess in her medical textbook there was like one sentence about e d s and
0: that so is she wild. Was like
1: she was like you know everything that i've learned has basically been self taught and because I have it and She was like, you know, I am pretty passionate about it because I spent a long time not being believed that everything kind of just hurt. And she was like, I mean, (laughs) like so many things that I just assumed were things that everybody at age 29 were feeling. Apparently not. Apparently it's not super normal to just like kind of just hurt all the time. Like full body just aches all the time. Not normal. Not normally. I literally can't even like picture what that is like because it's Mm -hmm. just been, I've just been kind of sore all the time. Like it just explains so many things, like so many things from my entire life. So it's pretty validating and pretty, um, vindicating
0: (laughs) hell yeah it is
1: hey i'm not crazy Um, no you're not and having this doctor who's just like you know she's just great and the whole the entire pa staff is great and just it's just great i just feel very good about it Um, good so i couldn't i couldn't really sleep last night because i like the the like Scary part of it kind of set in for me of like, you know, when I was, when I was thinking of it as just my migraine, I was thinking of it in terms of like, oh, well, there's going to be something that will help it. And like, there just, there's very probably not anything that can really help it. Like there are things that can like lessen it, you know, but like, this is just something that I'm going to just have for a while. So I think it's kind of this like, you know, roller coaster yeah. of getting diagnosed, which I'm sure is not unique to me. I'm sure that, you know, after searching for diagnoses, lots and lots of people have this kind of like right. relief and then like, oh shit. <laughs> but right. it's not the scary kind. Um it can be managed with like PT and braces and things like that. Um, and luckily I haven't ever yet knock on wood had any like actual dislocations of joints which Mm. is the thing that can kind of make it spiral into like surgeries and like heftier Mm. yeah things um so i haven't yet had any dislocations which is great um and yeah so i got a shoulder brace which seems to help my janky fucking shoulder and i got like uh compression pants which helped my knees it was just yeah it was just really enlightening um and have already like these compression pants like when I stood up from being at work to come over here I didn't have to like pause at the couch because I was worried I was gonna fall over (laughs) like just little teeny things like that that made me be like wow this is such an easy fix this is like a hundred dollar pair of pants easy fix for something that has been bothering me for
0: almost 30 years. Yeah. Like, it's pretty, pretty cool. Crazy pretty what can happen cool. when women are believed at the doctor and it's oh, not weird. all about their diet.
1: How weird. Isn't
0: that odd? How bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. Um. Well, good. I'm happy for yeah. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she, like, my doctor, like, I mean, which which tells me that she has had quite a run of shitty experiences because as soon as she finished the like checklist, she like showed me like, Hey, this is what you've got. And then handed it to her PA and was like, okay, make sure you scan that to like her file here, scan it over to her GP, like scan it to everybody so that, cause she was like, yeah, like we've had lots and lots of cases of people not being believed, even when they're diagnosed, because they don't have like, A doctor's note quote-unquote
0: so infuriating
1: so yeah it's just I mean it's pretty it's pretty cool to know that I've got like an actual like EDS and migraine doctor now
0: because
1: aside from that she's she's a pain clinic like she's like a it's the best (laughs) it's the best it's something that makes me feel extremely old in that I'm like, I've got my joint doctor and my pain <laughs> clinic, but it's pretty great because I need both of those things. Good. So, yeah. Yay! 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 So that's probably a little spoiler alerty as to my babe of the week, but it's okay. To be fair, she's she's she and Stacey Abrams are now my babes of my life.
0: Amazing. So, to yeah. be fair. To be fair. Um, I love that. That's really, really great. Yeah. It do. It do. It's it so do. crazy that people with chronic pain just have to tirelessly be their own advocates forever. Dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks.
1: It's not even, and like, and like, on a scale of what my chronic pain could be. It could be much worse. I -hmm. I try to keep myself out of the. I need to just suck it up because somebody has it worse than me mentality, which is extremely easy for me to fall into, but I know it's not.
0: Helpful. Yeah. There's not a limited amount of pain for the world. Right.
1: Right. It's like when Evan, it's like when Evan like wakes up and has a really bad headache and he'll be like, man, my head really hurts. And he's like, oh, sorry. I'm like, no, that's, Two things can be true. Like my true. head can yeah. hurt and your yeah. head can hurt, and it sucks both ways. Like just because my head might hurt worse doesn't mean that your thing is right illegitimate or that you should just suck it up. Like right, it also, Yeah. So anyway, I try not to Pain fall into that in competition. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is crazy to me that people who have it much worse than me, where they mm-hmm literally can't stand up for like days well still have to be their own advocate that that's insane to me yeah so hopefully Mm -hmm. that changes hopefully it gets more
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that was so fun to watch oh my god for those listening (laughs) Taylor just had a phantom like fruit fly or i don't I don't know what I didn't actually see what it was. and just mid conversation, try and kill it with various claps. Oh, that is so... oh, um well, welcome to Babetown, Taylor. We're both wow. delighted to be here.
1: We're both delighted and Delilah, to, We're
0: Delilah de, to be here. We would stop by the visitor center and say hello to Delilah.
1: Oh, my God. The visitor center of Babetown would 100% be filled with, like, nothing but Delilah memorabilia. And people would come in and be like, I thought that this was your own podcast. And we'd be like, it is, but.
0: But she came in. And she had some really good points.
1: and who's she Who's more of took important door. here? Us or Delilah.
0: The door, instead of having like a bell attached to it or you open or close it, it's just Delilah. Dude, my dream. <laughs> That's what I want my doorbell to be. That imagine? is the scariest thing.
1: That would be so scary. Getting like a middle of the night door. I mean, I guess a middle of the night ain't. doorbell is scary no matter what the sound is.
0: But it's so much worse if it's someone singing Delilah to you.
1: <laughs> just, oh God. It's like the doors That's in this
0: Guy to the galaxy that just sigh when you go through.
1: Yes. Uh, also, like extremely relatable.
0: Yeah. Um, wow. Well, what a time. who man. Insanity. <laughs> um, I love it. Well, you, do you have a bevvy? Are you drinking oh, anything?
1: Yeah, I've got an Alaskan hard seltzer.
0: Oh. Um. So, I have some boxed wine. We had some people over for my birthday at the beginning of last month, mm-hmm. literally over a month ago, mm-hmm. and we were like, we haven't entertained in, I mean, since we got together, we have not entertained, Cute. and so it's been That's over so four long. Years. Yeah, yeah, holy cow. So we were both like, yeah, it'll be great, it'll be great. We'll we'll get some like wine and beer, whatever. It'll be fine. And then the day of rolls around. And I'm, like, frantically decorating and cleaning. And, you know, I'm, like, halfway through cleaning one thing. And I look over and I notice something else is dirty. And I'm, like, well, I can't leave that. And so I go over, you know. And we're both just, like, we forgot how stressful it was to, like, entertain people.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And we were thinking that we needed to supply everything for everybody. And then other people also brought things. Taylor. We had... Two boxes of wine that were untouched.
1: Wait, how many people total were there?
0: May 10. Okay,
1: great. I needed a, I needed a framework for like the amount of alcohol per. Beer.
0: I mean, this is at the end of it. This is what we had left over. Mm, okay. Mm, mm-hmm. Two boxes of wine. Two coolers of beer. What do you mean coolers? Who brings coolers of beer? No, we have two. Oh,
1: oh. And okay, so I keep we getting were like, hung up on coolers. the wrong thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we'll put hobby things in one cooler and non hobby things in the other cooler. And then people kept bringing their own stuff. And I was like, right, that's what people do. Yeah. Right. So we yeah. ended up with two coolers of beer. And then, like, a bottle of gin, a bottle of tequila, a bottle of whiskey, and a bottle of scotch. Wow. And I was like, we have alcohol for the rest of our lives.
1: Yeah, you've got a full bar now.
0: We completely forgot what anything was. And so we're still chipping away, obviously, at this ridiculous amount of alcohol. It's wild. Anyway. Well. Well. Shall we?
1: I love both of us being like, no, 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 this one'll be short.
0: It'll be so short. It'll,
1: It'll be, be so short.
0: Um So I'm if I remember correctly, I'm going first.
1: Yes. Okay. Dear listener, we fucked up once more. There is another lost episode.
0: That's not because of fucking up, it's because your computer literally died. That's true.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um so we are once again. <laughs>
0: Redoing Re-recording, babes. Um, but and
1: I'm really excited about it because both of them were really great.
0: Yeah, but I know that there's stuff that I've forgotten 100%, on both of them. 100%. <laughs> so, I can't. I was really just reading this through this my... as I'm. Doing.
1: <laughs> I was just reading through mine and I was like, oh yeah, damn, girl, like, yes, okay, so yes, yes, I do believe that you are going first.
0: Okay, so Taylor, are you ready to relive <laughs> yes. with me anew? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the story of Mountain Wolf Woman.
1: Oh, my God, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. yes. yes, yes.
0: Um, I will try to pronounce the indigenous names correctly, and I apologize if they are incorrect. I practiced. <laughs> um,
1: also, so, a side note, before you get going, it's yes. very likely that Evan will come like Kool-Aid manning through, his, through <laughs> the living room fairly soon. Perfect. So Great. if I asked you to repeat something, it's not because I wasn't listening.
0: No worries. I understand. Great. You have a tendency to daze off. Your excuses are getting wild. <laughs>
1: <Just> over here.
0: <laughs> Just clapping at nets. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Mountain wolf woman. Her indigenous name is Zahachiwinga, I believe. And she was born to the Ho-Chunk tribe in April of 1884.
1: Yes. Confirmed you're going first.
0: <laughs> yes. Can yes. confirm. Am first. Can confirm. Um she was born on her grandfather's land in East Fork River near Black River Falls Wisconsin and I did it again where I forgot to look up how far that was for me. <laughs> Oops. Um she was the youngest of seven children. She was born to Charles Blowsnake and Lucy Goodvillage of the Winnebago tribe. So here's a question that I have. Like yeah. we have this broken down into tribes and then clans, and the clans are within the tribe. Yeah. But a, I don't real I don't know if Ho Chunk and Winnebago are the same tribe because it was it's she's listed as being a part of both.
1: Is her mom from one and her dad from
0: another? Oh, maybe. I know that they're from different clans, because her dad was a member of the Thunder Clan and her mother was a member of the Eagle Clan. Um, but I don't know if hmm. you, if anybody listening knows, let me know. We would love to know. We'd love to know. We'd so, when Mountain Wolf Woman was a baby, she developed a mysterious disease. Her mother rushed her to a wise elder of the clan named Wolf Woman, and begged her for a cure. And according to Winnebago tradition. Her mother, like, figuratively gave her daughter to Wolf Woman, even though she, like, physically stayed with her mother. She belonged to this woman. Like, she was given over to her. Um, and Wolf Woman believed that someone who was not yet 100 years old could bestow their longevity and future health and strength of their personal power onto someone else that they deemed worthy. So fucking cool. So cool. It's so good. So... When Wolf Woman gave that power to the baby, she fully recovered and was given the name Wolf to add her to the protection of the Wolf Clan spirit to that of the Thunder Clan that she was given at birth. So the Wolf Clan was considered holy because they had so many healers in their clan. Very cool. So from an early life, Mountain Wolf Woman felt a natural draw to healing and the world of medicines. And her maternal grandfather was a spirit man and began teaching her about tribal medicine. I am unsure if his if spirit man was his name or his title or both, but he became her teacher. So then she went to a formal school from the ages of nine to 11, and she enjoyed it a lot. But she was taken out of school to travel with her family and work. Also, quick point. I do not. Think that formal school means um,
1: residential school.
0: Residential school. I assume that it does mean white school. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm fairly positive that was not a residential school. Anyways, um, so she was put back in school for a little while when she was a teenager. This time was a Lutheran mission school. Um, but again, she was withdrawn. In order to get married. And this story is wild. So her brother. Crashing Thunder. Got drunk and passed out. And he woke up to find a man. Keeping the mosquitoes away from his face. And just like Uh, kind of. Tending to his passed out self.
1: What a good good guy stranger.
0: What? Well. Yes. (laughs) The problem was. (laughs) Crashing Thunder was so thankful. That he promised mountain wolf woman to this man to be his bread.
1: My friend, that is not how that works.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's not like, how that works. Like I understand that mosquitoes biting your face in your sleep is the worst. Yeah. However, not often. it's not, um, in my opinion, worth giving away your sister.
1: Not comparable. No, I would agree. Not, not comparable. There. I would agree. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: imagine that reaction from her too being like sorry now you did what
0: you did what sorry,
1: sorry because he was doing what like that oh.
0: yeah which reminds me I have to tell the story again of when my family and I were traveling in Jordan and um, a Bedouin man approached my brother whom I was walking with um, and asked if Cause we were walking. It was me and my brother and his wife and we were all walking. And the man asked if he was married to both of us. And he said, no, this is my little sister. This is my wife. And the man said, Oh, well, how much for your little sister? I, I need a fourth wife because four is the perfect amount of wives. And I just remember like in that moment, looking at him, looking at my brother and being like, I know that you are very witty and very funny. And now is, surely not the time to not make not the time,
1: not the time.
0: <laughs> um, thankfully he, uh, obviously did not sell me to the nice Bedouin man. And, um,
1: great
0: news. I got to go home anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, I appreciate you anyways. So mountain wolf one marries this stranger, um, because according to Winnebago tradition, marriages were more of an economic transaction than like a love connection. Um, And her mother told her that whenever she was older, she could marry whoever she wanted. <laughs> um, so the entire time they were married, she refused to call him by his name and just referred to him as that man. Oh love. man, love. Oh man. Um she stayed with him long enough to clear her brother's debt and not disrupt the taboo of like embarrassing her brother or harming his word, which is apparently until your second child is born. That's the length. Oh, man, like that seems like paid. a
1: huge commitment yes. for some guy that was shooing away mosquitoes.
0: Yes, it is. And oh. it's not even a commitment that her brother made. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, so she stayed until their second child was born, and then she peaced the fuck out. So she moved often, always in search of work and opportunities, but also because of the nomadic lifestyle of her family and her people. She worked as a healer and as a midwife until hospital births became more popular than home births. And then she acted as the black river falls mission health officer where she recorded illnesses among her people for the County's public health record. Yeah. So by then mountain wolf woman wed her second husband, bad soldier, a member of the bear or soldier clan and they were in love. It was a love match. Uh, very eyes. happy, hard eyes, big old hard eyes. They had seven kids wow. and stayed together super happily until he died. Um, during the delivery of her third child, okay, Mountain Wolf Woman tried peyote for the first time. Medicinal. Oh, my
1: God. I forgot all about this.
0: I knew you were going to forget about the peyote part. Oh, my I God. So I
1: forgot stoked all stoked about this. Wow.
0: So, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> For those who don't know, peyote is a cactus plant with hallucinogenic properties that is native to Texas and Mexico. And those who ingest it are said to have very intense, very spiritual visions. Mostly these days, people are encouraged to do it with some sort of a guide. I also don't think it's legal in the U.S. I think you have to go to South America I, now.
1: I believe that as well. It's legally
0: do peyote. And so certain people will want to go on these peyote trips to like explore kind of the way it was described to me by a woman who was looking to do it. it was like she wanted to explore her soul in a safe way through these hallucinations and yeah. visions.
1: I cannot imagine doing that
0: while giving birth birth Mm -mm. Ah. wow yeah Yeah. wow um but eating peyote was an integral part of the native american church and they regularly had peyote gatherings and ceremonies i realize i'm saying this in the past tense and it i believe is still going on
1: yeah i was going to say earlier i think that it's still peyote is considered like a very spiritual thing for like like indigenous people and it's like kind of frowned upon i feel i get the vibe that it is kind of frowned upon for like white people to like tourism to go do
0: peyote almost like it's appropriating somebody else's culture almost as though own...
1: enjoyment when it's Fun. like a spiritual thing yeah, yeah. crazy weird maybe white people
0: are really good at that
1: don't do it you guys don't,
0: don't do, do it you guys. Um, so it must have been a good experience because she loved peyote and she said that all of her experiences with it were really positive. They were deeply spiritual and she saw them as an extension of her belief in the Christian God. Like in one of her visions, she became an angel, flew to heaven and conversed with the Christian God directly, which is
1: such an amazing, like, I love that.
0: I love that. I love that. just because it is not traditional, just because it is generally not accepted in one form of popular religion, does not mean that it is not true for her. Anyway.
1: Right. No, I, I love that. That's yeah. That's very cool.
0: So whenever her family moved, they always lived around peyote eaters who were obviously more open and welcoming than super judgy white people.
1: Yeah. Wait, um, sorry. Did she do that? Did she ha- did she take peyote for all of her kids?
0: She started she at the third. Total, right? She had seven total. She started at the third and I assume continued after that because she said that there were really positive experiences. Wow. Yeah. I don't oh, know um anyway
1: sorry just no
0: you're please I can't
1: I good. can't get over the idea of like doing any sort of like hallucinogenic drug while
0: whilst giving birth and your body's being ripped apart
1: <laughs> like I that is I do not understand but no man
0: yeah I yeah I also just can't imagine giving birth and so there's right. many there things yeah
1: there is that that's probably here. honestly a huge part of it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so obviously, there was a big amount of intolerance from outside the Native American church because people are huge bummers. Um, but in 1958, Mountain, Mountain Wolf Woman financed a 50 year anniversary meeting in honor of Peyote's arrival in Wisconsin, which I super love. It was. She was also a practicing member of the Winnebago spiritual traditions, and she regularly sang and danced in their tribal ceremonies and a practicing Christian because she found harmony in the three religious branches of her spirituality. So fucking cool. Yeah. So cool. Now we go to the super big bummer. Wisconsin is really wealthy in lead mines, which unfortunately means White men feel entitled to it. So from the 1830s to 1900, members of the Winnebago tribe were forced out of their native lands in Wisconsin and moved again and again and again to Iowa and then Minnesota, Mississippi, South Dakota, and finally Nebraska.
1: That's crazy. It's wow.
0: so, so infuriating.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So even though the Eagle Clan and the Thunder Clan are not clans that are specifically tied to the Earth by nature, like, um, I don't know why I was going to give an example. I don't know. Obviously, it doesn't mean that it was a good thing for them either. Like, being forced from your ancestral lands is never going to be a good thing, regardless of how deep connection to the land goes.
1: Right. Because that's like... Full-on changing every single potential way of life that you have. like Yes. Subsistence hunting, subsistence gathering, any sort of... All different.
0: Anything. Um, But the government was like, hey, don't worry. You can have 40 acres in return for, you know, us forcing you out of your homeland. And... Mountain Wolf Woman's father was very against the, he called it the buyout, and refused to take part in it. But her mother accepted some land and oversaw the building of a log cabin for their family. So as an adult, Mountain Wolf Woman and her people were forced into reservation life and kept from the nomadic lifestyle and traditions that had defined them. But her commitment to her tribal roots and her cultural traditions were vital in keeping her people together together in a time mm. when the fucking US government was doing everything in their power to destroy them not even destroy them to kill them to yeah. eradicate them yeah. genocide yeah now enter a woman named Nancy Lurie. Nancy oh my God, I, God, I
1: forgot about this lady too I know God.
0: <laughs> Nancy was an ethnologist which meant she studied and compared the characteristics of different characteristics of different peoples And how they were similar and different. Very cool. She had been doing field work amongst the Winnebago people for a while and was working in 1944 when she met one of Mountain Wolf Woman's relatives. She was studying under him, learning about Winnebago history, and then he got really sick and he needed surgery and he didn't think he was going to survive. So he had a brilliant idea and he adopted Nancy.
1: That is such a good loophole. It's for making sure that like your everything
0: continues. Yeah. Because it's then, documented. Then she yeah. had the Winnebago clan affiliation and could call on his relatives to continue her study. Amazing. So he wrote to Mountain Wolf Woman, explained what was going on, and she accepted Nancy as her adopted niece. So then in 1958, Mountain Wolf Woman flew to Michigan and worked with Nancy for five weeks, writing her autobiography. She would speak first in Winnebago and then in English into Nancy's tape recorder, telling the story of her entire life from like random childhood details and anecdotes to cultural traditions to all of the trials and tribulations of being relocated and her grandniece would also help Nancy with the translations and include cultural notes to non-Winnebago readers as context. Amazing. That's
1: so good. How it's old so is good. is Mountain Wolfman at this point?
0: At this point she know? is 70.
1: Wow. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah, I believe she's 70. Nope.
1: No, roller coaster that's what this is right now
0: hang on hang on hang on she <laughs> is i can do math Ah, math on the spot is not my strong suit she is 74.
1: 74 wow 74.
0: okay cool um so it was published that year 1958 and it's considered a companion text to a biography about her brother crashing thunder hmm. um it's one of the earliest first hand accounts of experiences as a native american woman And all of the autobiographies at the time, well, I guess most of the autobiographies at the time focused on male perspectives and were basically action adventures. So her experience shed a ton of light on the other side of the culture and created a more well-rounded idea of what life was actually like instead of what white people assumed it was like. That's
1: wow. Yeah. Like, like invaluable, you know? Like can't, can't be replicated, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Um, quote, characteristic of the role Winnebago men played in their society. Crashing Thunder's story was full of adventure and bluster. In contrast, Mountain Wolf Woman's book represents in style and content, the concerns of traditional Winnebago women, modest and often self-mocking tales of ordinary occurrences of small triumphs and failures of relatives and friends. Oh, like it's, uh, this is something that I keep coming back to with minority peoples, specifically that have been, um, treated like shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's, Every single time someone is like, wow, when you get to know them, they're just like you and me. It's like, yeah, because they're people. They're people. Can you imagine? They're people who have the same concerns that you do. The same fears, the same triumphs. Like, it's so, it's so frustrating. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So the book was called A Literary Feat, and people commented that you could sense her inherent gift of oral storytelling in it. It was extremely accessible to readers, and it is still used in conjunction with the biography about her brother as a kind of like duo text in academic circles who study Native American history and culture. Wow. And in 1990, The book was released in film format, where sections of the text appear in front of gorgeous landscapes, and it's read aloud by her granddaughter. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, this this part, I still can't wrap my mind around, but I love it. Fulfilling the Winnebago traditions that some elders held this specific power. Mountain Wolf Woman prophesied her own death. Right. Correctly. What? Uh, what I don't know. Man. She died in her sleep on November ninth, nineteen sixty, at the age of seventy-six. <laughs> um and oh my god, I love this. Her family and friends respected her eclectic collection of beliefs with the traditional Winnebago wake, a peyote meeting held in her honor, and a Christian burial in the Black River Falls Mission Cemetery in Wisconsin.
1: That's so good. That's what every single person should do when a loved one dies of just like truly figuring out how they would have wanted How
0: they want to be honored and respected and remembered. Yeah. Yeah. She was one of the first women in her tribe to own and drive a car to travel, travel by train. And she took her first airplane flight at the age of 74 to work with Nancy in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh my God. Wow. She had quote an ability to adapt easily to new circumstances to cope with cultural change by combining the best of both old and new ways. She became a skilled negotiator between herself and other members of her tribe and government representatives. And some words used to describe Mountain Wolf Woman include autonomous, witty, independent, empathic, assertive, intelligent, forthright, and fearless.
1: Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Being described as any one of those things would be great. Yes.
0: But all of those things at the same time. Yeah. Any three of them is the dream. Yeah. All of, I mean. Yeah. Her autobiography stands as a testament and an inspiration to Native peoples and women of all generations. And in my opinion, I haven't read it yet. I really, really want to. It should be like required reading for all women's studies and all. No, just all women's studies Yeah, and history ugh, shouldn't just be women's studies. Anyways. So her book is called Mountain Wolf Woman, Sister of Crashing Thunder. You can find it on Amazon. Um, And to source all of my shit, that the Wisconsin State Journal, Encyclopedia.com, Wikipedia and Wisconsin First Nations, American Indian Studies in Wisconsin. And that wow. is the Life of Mountain Wolf Woman.
1: Love it. Right? Great job once again.
0: Thanks. I love her.
1: Yeah, that's a great story.
0: Oh, I'm going to sit back. Good work. Thank you.
1: Um, get ready to learn about this lady again. I'm so ready. She's extremely cool.
0: I do remember that.
1: I don't remember her name, but I do remember that um okay reagan taylor excuse me i had to burp uh are you ready to relearn about eleanor smith sullivan oh my god
0: yes yes i am Have you
1: ever heard about her
0: okay. what no what
1: Tell okay me. so eleanor smith sullivan was born yes. eleanor regina patricia ward
0: mm. what a name what a name
1: the double like longer name middle names. It's a bold move.
0: It's a bold it. move, but it's like it just automatically adds some some oomph to that girl.
1: Fully, yes. Um so she was born in New York City on August seventeenth, nineteen eleven. Uh, her dad was an actor, and there was already another touring actor. He was a vaudeville actor. There was another touring actor named Tom Ward, so he changed the family name to Smith because he's a yeah. fucking actor.
0: <laughs> Listen, there's another Reagan James out there, and if I ever join the union, I'm going to have to change
1: oh, my Oh, God. It just, the whole thing, like, cracks me up. Yeah, but this is, like, well before unions. Like, this is just Still. him being, like, meh. I love it. I'm so it's into so it. Good. I could do an entire thing on just, like, her parents. They're both <laughs> fascinating and bizarre people, and I'm so fully into it. So uh, when she's six, her dad takes her and her brother Joe to a potato patch in Long Island, which, like, picturing a 1917 potato patch in Long Island. I'm just picturing it, like
0: very very old timey but people still take pictures of their kids like at the pumpkin patch
1: I, today yes. but with potatoes. Yeah, I'm picturing it like a pumpkin patch but much less cute and much more like way more potatoes. brown. <laughs> way more brown. Way more brown like just just dirt, just posing with dirt. Yeah. Um so he takes them to the potato patch right. for their first ever plane ride. So her dad Tom um mm-hmm. is like Terrified of driving, not into planes or not into trains. So he exclusively takes planes around the country. So he's got like a bunch of, so he's got like a ton of pilot friends. So like, this is just one of his pals, right? The sure. Plane. Obviously. And he's like, yeah. Hey, can you like take my kids up? Uh, can
0: you so, just fly me to the potato
1: farm? Would be great. Um. So she said, quote, I remember so vividly my first time aloft that I can still hear the wind in the wires as we glided down because that was when planes had wires that you could hear because It's like extremely early aviation. Um, She said, by the time the pilot touched the wheels gently to earth, I knew my future in airplanes and flying was as inevitable as the freckles on my nose.
0: Oh, cute. She had to like,
1: like her dad had to like tie her pigtails behind her. So they wouldn't just be hitting her in the face because she was just a little six year old with pigtails. Um, So after that, so like all she wants to do is fly. So at age seven, she starts taking lessons. She had to have a pillow behind her back so that she could reach the controls. Oh Can you imagine? She like had. They like had. I'm just as confused about this as the first time. I don't even know why I brought <laughs> it up because it's just confusing me again. But it said that like there was like something that they attached to the petals. Petals? Do plants have petals? See, it's just this planes is like do exact, have petals,
0: and they used. To, yes, they've always had petals. <laughs> okay
1: so they had like they had like i said cinder blocks last time and i was like well that's not right because that's, i feel like that wouldn't
0: be right maybe books
1: something that's like not heavy enough to like push the pedal down but enough right, for her to be able to reach the it length right yes yes um although i love the idea of like maybe putting cinder blocks like on her feet just like a little sure. seven-year-old with like cinder block shoes
0: by the time she's eight
1: that girl has some caps. And... oh my god um <laughs> Oh God, this is, this is all over the place. Okay. <laughs> my note, my note on here that I 100% forgot about was, sorry, I'm dead now. That's so cute and so dumb.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I mean, accurate. Yeah. So age 15, she makes her first solo flight. Um, she didn't know that she was going to. So in a PBS documentary called Daredevils and Dreamers, which like, brb watching immediately
0: yeah
1: uh she starts talking about how she thought it was going to be just a normal flying lesson so her teacher's name was russ she says in that documentary quote i was scared silly because russ hadn't told me i was going to go solo that day he jumped out of the cockpit and at the last second just said go i made three Whoa. landings then it was time to go back to wantog because i had to go to school
0: no nope. because <laughs> she's fucking 15 <laughs> also the idea that you're in a plane. That the instructor can just hop out of at the last you second. Get.
1: It it's very like like when my grandpa was teaching me to ride a bike.
0: Yes. He like it's ran, very,
1: yeah. ran along next to me and then was like, okay, go.
0: But he's Don't not fall. he's not running behind the plane holding onto the tail. True facts. He just in dove New out. New
1: York. She's oh. flying around in New York. Like as a 15-year-old. Like oh, oh my goodness. Um so Age 16, she becomes the youngest person to get her pilot's license. She's one of the first women to get a transport aviation license. I'm guessing that that's like I'm guessing that's like a permit versus a license thing of like you can have people in your car once you have your license, but you can't if you have a permit. You know? Isn't this like the mid thirties? This at this time, not so even. Like, it's it's 1927.
0: So, of course, she's one of the youngest people. She's one of the first people to get a license. Okay,
1: yeah. So she, so she only got those things because she petitioned fucking Orville Wright at the National Aeronautic Association, of and he was like, "Well, yeah, all right." Like she bought her first plane from him, oh like the person who invented God. planes. Um, so she was one of 117 women pilots. So by 17, she's carrying passengers on little hop flights from Roosevelt Field to Long Island. <laughs> imagine like getting in a plane. One of the first planes. With Not a
0: 17-year-old like, pilot.
1: a 17-year-old. Oh, I can't even imagine. That's so um, much. Okay, so 1928, same year. She's still 17. There, we're going to do a lot of this. Of like, hey, by the way, this is the same year because hey, she's she does still A 17. lot, like most of this story is within the span of like four years. Got it. Okay. Um, so 1928, 9, she is 17. A bunch of dudes at her high school because she's in high school because <laughs> she's 17 dared her to fly under the East River bridges, sure, of yeah. which there are four. Um, Seems like a high school boy dare. They didn't think she could do it. Um, so she was like, hey. Go fuck yourself. So she gets in her plane alone, and she flies under all four bridges. Do me a favor. Was told, yes.
0: What was the 17-year-old in the 1920s phrase for go fuck yourself?
1: Go eat, it, eat a turnip <laughs> and eat it raw.
0: <laughs> Zing. Okay, continue. <laughs> That's improv, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is why I stay away from anything improv. Go eat a turnip and eat it raw. <laughs> I love you being like, okay, do me a favor, you asshole. Okay, okay, so. Okay, you with it, and I love you for that. So she's like, go eat a turnip. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, she does it successfully. She's then told that the Department of Commerce might ground her for that, to which she said that she would, quote, rather take that chance than disappoint a number of persons who had expected her to carry out her plan.
0: That sounds, <laughs> sounds like the she most, had a like, on one of
1: them. That's the most, like, yeah, worth it. Like, cool, yeah. I never get to fly again. Yeah. Did it. Great. So um, she was grounded, but only for 10 days. So, like, ultimately extremely worth it according to the cradle of aviation museum she is still the only person to have ever done this um when interviewed about it she mentioned that she had she had to not dodge numerous ships because it's fucking new york okay so um she also okay so the new york mayor steps in to make sure that she doesn't lose her license entirely and when they send her the reprimand from the u.s department of commerce it comes with an autograph request
0: <laughs> oh my god hey so don't Which do I this again you. jk lowell we love you but also we think you're extremely cool um yeah.
1: also so like the group of dudes that dared her to do it half of them thought that she wasn't going to be able to and half of them were like no she's totally going to do this so they set up a bet within themselves and sure. the group that thought that she was going to be able to do it called the news. So the news got onto all of the bridges. So there is footage of her doing this. Oh my God,
0: I forgot about that. Right? Yeah, dude. Okay. I need to YouTube so, that immediately.
1: Right. So this stunt is what brings her into the full public eye, gets her the name the Flying Flapper, because she straight up looks like she is about to go to like a 1920s. I love her little thing. You know, where She's they the like thing. shimmy around a lot and their dresses like do like this. They just do like
0: That's that's called fringe.
1: Yeah, that's thank you. Yeah. Um, so after this, she starts selling flight seeing tours from a sandbar in Queens, oh my God. which means that she then had to like figure out how to land because on a
0: sandbar. It's a
1: sandbar, so it changes size because it's a sandbar. Right. And like you're coming in right at like water level. So you're getting crazy winds like.
0: Coming in hot. Girl. So uh,
1: 1928. She's still 17. By the, same year. <laughs> same year. Um, she wants to establish a flying endurance record for women because there isn't one yet. So as she's prepping for it, Biola Gentry, which like dibs, flew an eight hour, six minute flight. Pretty Kay. good. Pretty good. Our girl Eleanor is not discouraged, though. It just sets a bar for her. She's like, great, cool. Now I know what to Mm beat. But so then it takes her a scooch longer than she thinks. And whoops, by that time, Evelyn Bobby Trout dips (laughs) for 12 hours. (laughs) So Eleanor's Uh. like, cool, great. So uh, endurance records have to be broken by at least a full hour to be recognized as a record. So now she needs to hit 13 hours. So 1929... Eleanor can tell that Viola Gentry is, like, getting ready to try again. So in the middle of a shit-ass winter storm in New York, she takes off at zero degrees. Nope. In a plane that is, like, made of cardboard. and wires? It's insane. She takes off in zero degrees. She flies for 13 and a half hours. Oof, girl. Bad news. She had never done a night landing. So the cold is too much. So she had to put down early. She shoots up a flare. Nobody saw it because mm-hmm. so they didn't turn on the runway lights. So then her fellow pilot, Jimmy Doolittle, <gasps> saw her flare. Yes,
0: because raids. Yes. Yeah,
1: remember? So he's a fellow pilot of hers, happens to be there. He sees the flare. So he goes up and like, lay, like, like gets in front of her plane. It basically leads her down to the runway. So. After that, she promised to herself, quote, never again to display this blend of incompetence and arrogance. Big 17-year-old energy. And I love that after she landed, she was like, "Mm, hmm. Maybe. That was a
0: terrible (laughs) idea. (laughs)
1: That was really dumb. Um, So, Bobby Trout, that was in January. Bobby Trout takes back her record in February at 17 hours. But then Eleanor was like, no, thank you, ma'am. And in April, she solos for 26 and a half hours. Like, (laughs) going well far yeah. beyond Get the record here, to be like it. I am keeping this for a minute um so endurance isn't her only strong suit though she also sets a women's re- speed record for 190 miles per hour which like I feel like in 1920s planes is very
0: fast it is very fast but I also just remembered what's coming next and I'm so stressed <laughs> out
1: <laughs> there know. are two insane stories coming up I don't know um okay So 1929, she's 18. 18 years old. (laughs) She's hired by the Irving Parachute Company to tour the U.S., which I forgot again to see if it's the same one that Tiny Broadwick did. Mm. I Mm -hmm. forgot to look. Um, Making her the first female executive pilot at 18. So that same year, she's named the best female pilot in the country with Jimmy Doolittle named best male pilot. And this is like a huge deal for her because Jimmy Doolittle is like her hero, and now That's she sick. is recognized nationally as being just as good. Like, oh. Love it. Oh, so stoked. Um, She beats out Amelia Earhart for that, actually. And there oh. was, like, there like if you look, look it up, there's, like, a bunch of, like, weird, tension-y shit with her and Amelia Earhart, but it sounds like it was mostly Amelia Earhart's publicist is the wrong word, probably, but, like, manager. Sure. Um, yeah. That was kind of, like, causing it yeah um so 1929 she and bobby trout team up this time to break the women's record for endurance with mid-air refueling which seems crazy to me in 2021 but especially in 1929 that seems insane
0: it seems horrifying it seems like stuff of all of my nightmares
1: crazy okay so bobby and evelyn are Eleanor. I don't know why I said Evelyn. As soon as I said that, I was like, that is not her name. Okay. Bobby and Eleanor. Right.
0: Because isn't Bobby's first name Evelyn?
1: That must be. Yes. That must be what I am. Okay. Yes. Yep. 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 Okay. Cool. Glad that I didn't just pull that out of nowhere. So Bobby and Eleanor, they team up. They're in the sunbeam. The refueling plane was the pigeon. Okay. So these planes are like barely compatible for this. The pigeon is super old, it's outdated, it's huge, so it's hard to Very find old. spare parts for the engine. Um it was so big that in the refueling position, it couldn't see the sunbeam at all. So nope. if there was something going wrong, there was no way to signal that they needed to drop altitude. Um nope. the pigeon had to go at, like, top speed to even catch up to the sunbeam. And the sunbeam had to slow down enough to where they almost stalled out. Like, it was a mess. It was...
0: I a hate mess. all of this.
1: So, um, our gals are aiming for a record of 164 hours, which is
0: almost a week. That's so much. Like, where do you pee? You, jars? Where do you... That Nope. Outside is, the plane?
1: just... I guess. I guess. Just hang just the side. hold on yeah <laughs> um, so it takes nine it it takes multiple tries but in november 1929 they set a record for 42 and a half hours so nowhere near the length that they were hoping for still, but it's ex- still so good extremely long wow um okay so we've talked about our endurance record well, our speed record well, what's another plane record it's going up Altitude, baby. So, so 1930, she adds almost a mile to the record by flying oh just over five miles high. Oh my god! Nuts. This is always keep in mind always directly over Manhattan. Sure, yeah, we'll <laughs> all do. of it directly over Manhattan. Um, she had an interview with NBC after that flight, and she was so impressive that they offered her a broadcasting position covering aviation. She is not even 19 at this point. Uh, she also becomes the aviation editor for Liberty Magazine. She writes for a ton of different magazines, including Aero Digest, Popular Science, and Vanity Fair. She's killing it, girl, killing it. 1931. She wants to reset her altitude record.
0: No, nobody has it. even
1: broken it. She just wants to. She wants to break her own record. Stop it. Um, so she manages to hit. Another mile. So she she's now just over six miles directly above Manhattan. Um, on this flight, she is over 30,000 feet up in the air. That's five and a half miles for those keeping track at home. And her engine died.
0: Nope.
1: She's restarting it. She accidentally, in doing that, cut off her oxygen and passed oh, out God. five and a half miles above Manhattan. So she regains consciousness at 2,000 feet, which is nope. less than half a mile. Nope. So she was in pretty much free fall for four miles. No. Nope. With her, so her plane was described as being quote in a power dive right into the Hempstead Reservoir. Oh my god. And she still landed. <sighs> like this lady. So. Well. She becomes the first female test pilot for Fairchild Aviation and Balance. Balance?
0: No not,
1: idea. It's probably not Balance. Balance. Uh, Aircraft Corporation. Um, oh, nope. Turns out it's a typo, so we're going to just go. <laughs> she becomes the first female test pilot for Fairchild Aviation and Belanca Aircraft Corporation. Oh, the <laughs> The claim that she almost crashed going straight up in the air was a Blanca plane. So naturally, as soon as they landed it, they were like, hey, come work for us. And talk about how great our planes are, Um, which, like, smart, smart move. So she gets married to a state congressman named Patrick Sullivan in 1933. She has four children. Um, Her marriage kind of becomes the main focus. So aviation takes a back seat. Uh, with the exception of being the only female aviator featured on a Wheaties cereal box in 1934. Yes, okay. Um, So like all of these articles are like, oh, she stopped flying when she got married. And then as soon as her husband died, she picked it back up, like making it seem like he had told her not to. I couldn't find anything along those lines. It's probably more just that she was being a mom and.
0: Yeah, like, unfortunately, years it's believable by. either way. Like, yeah. it could have been because, yes, that's a possibility, but, like.
1: But, like, she was also, so successful, he was so her. successful, it's yes. probably more just that, like, because it was 20 was years. It was, yeah, it was 22 years, so, like, her kids were grown. She, you know, her husband died in 1956, so she starts flying again. So she flew consistently until 2001 when she tested oh the God. C-33 Raytheon Agate at Langley Air Force Base. It was her last flight. She was 89. What? Started flying when she was seven, and her last flight was at 89. So in 2000, she becomes the oldest pilot to complete a simulated shuttle landing.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, no.
1: Can you imagine buying your first plane from Orville Wright and then getting to test a shuttle? No. To go to space? No. Like. No. Oh, even just think that just makes me want to cry. Just like seriously thinking about what that must have been like for her.
0: That to feeling, be like
1: To wow. see it full circle. Because like that also kind of gives you a picture of like how quickly aviation progressed. Like the science it's not of even, it progressed. It's not even so,
0: so fast it's not even full circle to her. It's just a continuing ramp. Right. Yeah. It's just like still ramping up. Like she must've been so full of like hope and wonder. And um... yeah,
1: that was probably a fairly like spiritual.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah.
1: Oh, you know, like I can't even, Oh, very cool. So, um, in, Oh, this is kind of a, flashback so she also had her autobiography published it's called aviatrix that was from 1981 love it um 2001 she's inducted into the women in aviation international pioneer hall of fame march 29th 2010 she dies in a nursing home in palo alto she was 98 and as a fun last little tidbit there's a documentary called obit which like side note i'm gonna go watch immediately yes all about the people who write the New York Times obituaries. Yes. And like how they go about researching and just fascinating, fascinating. Yes. I'm um, gonna watch that. So it the person in charge of the New York Times's morgue files shows an advanced copy, quote unquote, of an obituary that they wrote for Eleanor Smith in 1931 because she was so daring that they assumed she'd die in a plane crash and they wanted to have it ready to go. So they just wow. had to sit on it for
0: 80 years because wow. she just... That's insane. Right? <sighs> that is insane.
1: What a life.
0: What a life.
1: What a life. Yeah. And that is the amazing story of Eleanor Smith Sullivan.
0: Wow. Great job, dude. Oh, my God. I forgot how fun that one was. Thanks.
1: Thanks. I used an article from the Washington Post called Pioneering Pilot Eleanor Smith Sullivan Dies at 98, written by Patricia Sullivan. The L.A. Times article, Eleanor Smith Sullivan Dies at 98, Daring Female Pilot. Yeah, girl. Just from the archives. Wikipedia, obviously.
0: Obviously. And
1: the New York Times, Eleanor Smith, One of the Youngest Pioneers of Aviation, Dead at 98, written by Dennis Hevesy. So cool. I just love so, pilots. Yeah. I love early pilots, blow my mind. Just it's such a like pioneering type vibe also, of, like we have no idea of what this is gonna
0: Yeah, like literally fearless.
1: Like, yeah, we have no clue if this is gonna go well, if it's gonna go badly.
0: But, but they like, just wanna fly.
1: They just wanna do it. It's just amazing to me. So cool so,
0: so cool. Wow. Great job. Do you Thanks. have a, uh, babe of the week? I have a hunch.
1: Yeah. I mean, we pretty much already covered it, <laughs> but, uh, Dr. Rank at Alpenglow pain and wellness with also a little dash of me and a hefty dash of Evan Dodd. Cause he's the best
0: Amazing.
1: and is just like, I mean, like he went out to go get me Epsom salts to take a bath. Cause I just kind of hurt. And now I know that it's not normal to just kind of hurt. So now I'm like, it's Oh, not I can actually normal. like do things for it instead of just being like, this is just how bodies feel.
0: Yeah. So, it's not normal.
1: Yeah. Didn't know that.
0: So learning,
1: learning, learning new things every day. Look at you over here.
0: I'm so proud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a struggle,
0: but Hey, you're doing uh, it.
1: What about you? What's your <laughs> baby of the week?
0: Um, so it's been a while since we've talked, so I actually have two. But right. um, first one, both have been my pay before. Uh The yoga teacher slash fight choreographer slash intimacy director, Mo.
1: Yes.
0: Here in Chicago, I recently attended a callback where she taught us a bunch of fight choreography. And it was hands down the most fun audition I've ever been to. It oh, was, that's so great so much fun working with her and it was so exciting to see her in person and to like learn fight choreography and have part of our audition be, you know, beating the crap out of each other in a very safe way. Like it was just like whether or not I get cast, that was just wonderful a wonderful experience. Yeah. Um other one is a little dash of me. Yes, I set a really difficult boundary today for myself. And it is something that I have been putting off for so long because I didn't want to upset this person or offend this person or be mean or whatever. Um, and I finally set the boundary today and it was received so well.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Oh, it was the best. It was the best. Literally the reaction I got was like, Thank you so much for being honest with me. I really appreciate it. Like like the best possible response you could get was yeah. for setting a boundary. It was so a very grown-up response too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the whole thing was just such a good experience. And I'm I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of the person who accepted the boundary and received it really, really well.
1: Yeah. Because they easily mm-hmm.
0: could have been like, well, fuck you, and you know, blah blah, blah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so it was just a really great experience all the way around.
1: Wow, that's really great.
0: Yeah. Adulting, man. It's wild.
1: Wow, crazy.
0: It's crazy. Ew, I
1: love that it's we both have us as I our babies. That's us. very cute.
0: Taking care very of ourselves us. physically mm. and emotionally. Mm. Mm. You love what? to see it. Who is she? Big fan. <laughs>
1: yeah. Man, this was great. Always. Hopefully this one will actually be delivered, but this is also going to be our, our new and improved podcast.
0: Yeah. Ideally. We got some changes mm-hmm. that will probably be in, implemented in this one.
1: And if not stay tuned, if not, this is our <laughs> teaser
0: <laughs> for some changes. Yeah. Go take um, your bath.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, first, it's going to be ordering some pho because that's all that I've been wanting all day yeah. long. And Good. then it'll be probably some drag race and then and then a bath. OK, but it's kind of coming. yourself it's in all like of a ways. freight train. It's going to be a real like self-care like. Ooh, I love it. Ooh, ooh.
0: Yeah, ooh. it's going to be nice. I love it.
1: Um, well, I love this.
0: I, I love, love this. I'm a huge. I love you.
1: Big fan of just everything big all around. Fans. Yeah, big fan. Foam finger,
0: whole whole nine yards. It's me. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> adieu.
1: Go. Foam finger, eat whole, a whole nine yards, and That's a raw one. Be, yeah, it's our episode name is either going to be eat a turnip or foam finger, whole nine yards. There's no way to know. We'll decide here. Um, well, I love it. this was great. I
0: love you. super great. I love you a lot. Have a great night. Me too. Have I'll great talk wait. to you soon. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks for visiting Babetown. If you're interested in seeing photos related to this episode, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at BabetownPod.
1: And if you're a fan, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe, or drop us a line at babetownpod at gmail.com. As always, thanks for all your support. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. bye. Okay, bye.